And today we're starting, I guess, another series within a series of the show. So I really like the show Bungo Stray Dogs. And if you watch the show, if you've ever heard of it, it's a really interesting show. And all of the characters are based off of Japanese authors. And then there's also authors that are featured from other countries around the world. Probably the most famous character you know from it is Ozamu Dasai, based off of the author. And every character in this show has powers based off of primarily their author's most famous work. So Ozamu Dasai, his power is no longer human, which means he can stop anyone else's power at at a single touch. And that's based off of Ozamu Dasai's book, No Longer Human, which is his most famous work. Another character is Dior Dostoevsky, his power is Crime and Punishment. There is Atakagawa, and his power is Rashomon, based off of the short story. But today, I guess to start off, I want to talk about Nakahara Chuya, who in the show is part of the Mafia, and he is former friends, some argue more, with Dazai. And he is based off of the famous Japanese poet by the same name, Nakahara Chuya. His power is upon tainted sorrow or of the tainted sorrow, depending on what translation are you consult with. We'll talk a little bit more about the translation because uh, when actually trying to find the poem, I was looking up upon tainted sorrow. I've actually had this poetry collection of Nakahara Chuya that was translated um, by Paul uh, McIntosh and Maki Sugiyama. And I'm like, wow, upon tainted sorrows is not in here. Like that's his arguably most famous poem that's a poem everyone knows but actually in here it's called soiled sorrows so like every language especially languages that are much harder to translate from one to the other like for example spanish to italian is pretty easier i mean it's still very hard to translate but it's easier than going from say italian to english or italian to russian or italian to chinese because the language system is very similar between italian and spanish if you've Listen to it, you've seen it, very similar structures. And as you can tell, Japanese and English are not two languages that follow a very similar structure. So I think when one's reading like the hardest languages to translate to English for literature and poetry, Japanese was I think in the top five, if not the top three. I think if I remember correctly, I think it was Russian, Japanese and Chinese were the top three to translate into English and or maybe Arabic. I definitely saw that too, I, I can't remember exactly the order they were in because it was a couple years ago, but it's not an easy language to translate into English, which I wish it was a little bit easier or if I was able to speak Japanese because I, I, his poetry is beautiful and I can only imagine it being even better in Japanese, especially being the forward talks about how he used certain rhyming schemes that were unique to him and different types of rhythm which don't translate fully into English because the rhymes and the rhythm and the tempo and the way you're supposed to read them was made with the Japanese language in mind. Similar to how Shakespeare, you're supposed to go by pretty much your heartbeat, diamic pentameter, so you can hear it in in the syllables. And it was originally written in English, so if you change that into Italian or Spanish or Polish or Chinese, the beat is going to be off because it was structured with the English language in mind. wasn't structured with the other languages in mind. 
because Shakespeare wrote it in English. Same with how poetry is, uh, is very hard to translate over because poetry is supposed to be read a certain way and a certain beat and with certain rhythm where literature sometimes isn't. And so Nakahara Chuya, I have a poetry collection by him, have for a while. And in the introduction, they go a lot through his life, but basic overview, he was born the 29th of April in 1907, and he was the first son. He was born in Yuda, which is now part of Yamaguchi City, and is part of the western tip of Honshu, which is the Japanese main mainland. Um, so the introductions, I really like reading through them, especially when the introductions don't give away the book. I, I can't stand the introductions that then spoil the end of the book. Why, or talk so much about the poems that you can't really sit there and enjoy them and try to figure them out yourselves. But this opening introduction goes to his life. It talks about how he was deemed a prodigy. It talks about where he lived, where he moved about, his philosophies of life and God and religion and nature. It talked about his upbringing and how he was very to himself. And then it even talked about how he was a, a deemed a prodigy with his poems and how he was traditionally Japanese when writing, but he also had a lot of modernist influences. And some argue he was the first modernist in Japan. So he takes traditional Japanese structures and traditional Japanese way of writing poetry and language, but puts a a, a Western spin on it. He combines the two types of poetry and the two types of schools of poetry and the ways of writing and the ways of structuring it. And he makes them his own. And it led to some interesting poems. I wish I could read Japanese because I think it'd be even better in Japanese. But um, he talks a lot about religion and nature primarily and death kind of circle of life's things and it was kind of funny I was reading this well not funny but a little bit ironic I was reading this on the train during my commute the past two days his poetry collection and New York City has been covered in smog in most of honestly the northeastern part of the United States because of wildfires in Canada so I'm reading this book about how the moon is beautiful and the dew in the morning and being able to look out into the ocean I'm like I can't see five feet ahead of me well, honestly, that's a little bit overdramatic, but it, it was pretty bad in the city and even near me, which I live outside the city. What I thought was interesting because he had a very unique way of poems. And so at first I thought maybe it was a translation issue, maybe that, because I mean, there always is, there's no book that's perfect with translations. And it's nothing on the fall of the translators. It's just that's how languages work. It doesn't flow all the way. It's very hard to get one to the other. I even know when I was studying Italian, or even when I studied Japanese a little bit, it never flowed properly. It always sounded better when it was originally made in that language. When you said you wanted something, or you had to do something, or you're asking a question, it always sounded better when you just said it in the language, not when you had to translate over. It just sounded so blocky, and I don't know. Just, you, I'm sure you know him. If you ever tried to translate a language, it never seems to flow or sound right because some languages you don't even have the word that you need. Like, it doesn't fit. Notes of translation. It actually says, Word order has been reproduced where possible and where it is necessary to switch or invert lines. We attempted to transpose rather than dice up the next. Choice of poems was dictated chiefly by the quality of originals. Hence, the selection leans towards the later poems 
and the Earl, and then it talks about two um, collections that he has. And then at the end, it says some of Nakahara's imageries and metaphors may strike a Western reader as strange. Notes have been provided where wherever helpful, but in general, this strangeness is not a product of any cultural gap nor the translation process. It is Nakahara's own. So I have to admit, I kind of like that. Nakahara's like, I have my own way of doing this and I'm not going to change it. And I think that's what made him so unique is some of these poems you're reading, you're like, what? And that's the beauty of them. It's, it's beautiful. So I kind of want to go through and read some of my favorites before I read the one that actually is based on the character in the show. And you only have to watch the show to kind of understand it, but I just thought it was funny that I like the show, they all have books. And now that I think about it, before I get to this, what are the ones I've read so far? I know I've read um, The Great Gatsby and F. Scott Fitzgerald is in it and he has a power that's actually not called The Great Gatsby, it's called The Great Fitzgerald, but it's all about spending money. I was like, someone missed the ball on that one. Oh, I've also read No Longer Human, so let's go through the ones I have read. Crime and Punishment, we've read, so that covers Theodore Dostoevsky. Interesting, I thought I read more, but I guess that's it. I'll have to go through, I'm sure I've, I've read them, but I haven't reviewed them on the show, so I'm thinking maybe I'll go through them. And just when I happen to find one that uh, I'm gonna read, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll talk about it and just kind of make a, weave it through, and we can check them off as we go. Maybe I'll make a, before I release the next one, I'll make a list of all the ones we gotta do, we can check them off together as we go. So if you're a fan of the show, or even not, it might just be like a fun list of authors to read or to know. I'm actually going to read Flower, well, I already read Flowers of Buffoonery, and I sat with it for a while, which is the latest book to translate into English by Osama Dasai, and it serves as the prequel to No Longer Human, after a failed attempted suicide, and so it takes place in the hospital. So, um, I'm actually going to reread, it's only like 95 pages, it's very, very short. Um, surprisingly hilarious, it's probably one of the funniest books I've ever read, which says something, it, it, took a drastic spin and other two books that primarily are known he has a couple collections of short stories that i've read his two most famous ones is the setting sun and no longer human and they're very dark and depressing and gloomy and you have flowers of buffoonery which is a fitting title with some of the the this wild circus that goes on in this hospital room it's you, you forget that this is after an attempted suicide and, and it's an insane book to say the least so i think i'm gonna reread that and really do an in-depth analysis of it because I really liked that book. And everyone's like, Emma, but Osama Dasai speaks so poorly of women and he hated them and misogyny. And, this way. and I understand. But I just love the books so much. I love his books. But, um, so let's get into Nakahara Chuya. So I'm just kind of going to read a couple of them because I mean, we're here. Might as well read them, make it worth your time. So the first one's titled Dusk. And it says, On the pond's troubled, murky face, Gathered lotus leaves tremble. As the lotus leaves are coy, they hardly make a sound above a whisper. When they make a sound, my heart trembles. My eyes trace the dim horizon. The dark, dark mountains merely loom. Once lost, things never return. Nothing could be as sad as this. The grass roots smell waft gently in my nostrils. The fields earth and stoned together looking at me. In the end, I'm not willing to plow. Standing absent-minded in the dusk, somehow when father's image sticks in my mind, I only advance a step or two. This is all. This is one of my favorites, and it's pretty long. A field which was burning until yesterday, today 
stretches away blankly under the cloudy sky. With each shower, the autumn deepens, people say. Late cicadas always are already singing everywhere, in a single tree in the grass. I smoke a cigarette. The smoke rises, meandering in the stagnant air. I want to gaze at the horizon, and I can't, for the rafts of heat waves keep standing up and sitting down. I end up squatting. Tinged a dull gold. The sky was overcast, just as usual. Because it's so high, I bow my head. I'm living resigned to fatigue. The tobacco has three different tastes. Death already may not be far off. Well then, goodbye, he said. Unusually full of smiles with something as a brassy glitter. And then, out he went by the door. The smile somehow wasn't the smile of a living person, you see. The man's eyes had color, something like bog water when it clears. When he was speaking, he looked like he was thinking of something else. Cut short his sentences habitually. And he remembered trivial things down to the last detail. Oh, that's right. He knew he was going to die. When he looked at the stars, he said laughing at the stars would become me. Only recently, he said of his shoes, these certainly aren't mine. The grass was not trembling at all. Above it, butterflies were flying. Wearing a nightgown, he was standing there on the Vidaya, watching them. From here, I was watching his actions. His gaze hard at the yellow butterflies. I could hear tofu vendors' horns everywhere. The telegraph pole stood out against the evening sky. Me, he said, turning towards me. Yesterday, I lived to the rock weighing nearly 15 stones. My. Why? Where? I asked him. Just then... He gazed deep into my eyes, like he was angry. My, I was so scared. People are strange just before they die, aren't they? So this is another one. This one has a couple different parts, but I want to read the first part. It's called The Voice of Life. I'm already fed up with Bach and Mozart, and completely fed up with the happy, easygoing jazz. I am pressed by things forever desolate. I'm not completely quiet in the midst of that desolation. I'm seeking something always seeking something, in the midst of this terrible immobility, but also terribly impatient. For the sake of this, my appetite and lust are nothing. However, what that thing is, I don't know. I have never known. I don't think there are two. I think there is only one. However, what that thing is, I don't know. I have never known. Even one way or another to get there, I don't know at all. Like when I tease myself, I always ask, Myself sometimes, is it a woman? Is it a sweet? Is it glory? Then my heart screams, that's not it. This isn't it. That's not it. This isn't it. Then it is the sky's song, morning. High in the sky, the echoing sky's song. And then there's this one. He talks a lot about cigarette smoke. And I, even though I've never smoked before, I love the imagery of cigarettes and smoke in my stories. I write them all the time. It's just something so many of my characters smoke cigarettes. It's quite funny because I've never smoked one before. And he used it in this. And I thought it was quite funny because the line, I'll talk about the line, I also have another character that also thinks kind of the same in his regards to his smoking. So this is called Gone Never to Return. I was at the edge of this world. The sun poured down gently. The wind was shaking the flowers. On the wood bridge, the dust all day in silent, the post all day crimson, and the prom with a pinwheel were always standing in the street. 
I couldn't see any residents or children in the street. I didn't have a single relative. My task was to look from time to time at the sky color over the weathercock. Yet, I wasn't bored. There was honey in the air. The honey wasn't a substance, but it was always fit to eat. I tried smoking, but I only enjoyed the smell. Besides unusual to me, I only smoke outside. Well, my personal belongings were one towel. Although I had a pillow, there was no sign of a quilt. I also had a toothbrush, but the only book I had had nothing written in it. From time to time, I took it in my hands and just enjoyed the weight. The women were yearning, and I never thought to go and see them even once. It was enough to dream of them. An indescribable something was always driving me on. While I didn't even have an aim, hoping, hope was beating in my heart. In the woods, there was a world's most mysterious park. Almost uncannily cheery men, women, and children were strolling around. They spoke a language I didn't understand. They expressed feelings I didn't understand. Well, in that sky, silver cobwebs were sparkling. This one's my favorite of the um, book. And the uh, line that says, I had tried smoking, but I had only enjoyed the smell. I have a, I have a character that he says that, that uh, he doesn't like smoking, he enjoys the smell. Because he's trying to prove to himself that he's not addicted to it, but really he is. And he has to try to work his way through that and try to stop his addiction to cigarettes. The poem in here, well in this book, the poems of Nakahara Chuya, there is the poem that the powers that Nakahara Chuya in Bungo Street Dogs has, and in this translate, it's called Soiled Sorrow. Soil sorrow, today too snow falls on it. Soil sorrow, today too wind blows on it. Soiled sorrow is like, say, a fox's fur. Soiled sorrow, covered with snow, curls up. Soiled sorrow, had no desire or wishes. Soiled sorrow, in its topur dreams of death. Soiled sorrows, frightens me pitilessly. Soiled sorrows, can't be remedied, and the sun sets. So there's that translation of it. But there is another translation I have, which I actually enjoy this translate a little bit more. And this one... Is actually has four tainted sorrow, which another translation is upon tainted sorrow. Uh, but this one says, For the tainted sorrow, today too snow falls on it. For the tainted sorrow, today too wind blows on it. For the tainted sorrow is like, say, a fox's fur. For the tainted sorrow, covered with snow, curls up. The tainted sorrow has no desires or wishes. For the tainted sorrows, in its dreams of death. For the tainted sorrows, for it frightens me. For the tainted sorrows can't be remedied, and the sun sets. I like that version a little bit more. Don't know why, but I do. I think I just like the phrase, tainted sorrows. But, um, yeah, that's the poetry of Nakahara Chuya. His poetry is a whirlwind. I highly recommend checking them out. Again, I wish I spoke Japanese or could read it better and understand it because I think his poetry is probably even better in, well, work is always better in its native tongue, but I'm sure his poetry is leaps and bounds better in Japanese than English because, again, poetry is written with a certain rhyming scheme and tempo in place and that's based on the language you speak. 
it, it would be what a stroke of luck. I'm not even talking about the odds of lightning hitting me are probably more than his poems in English and in Japanese fitting the same rhyming and tempo scheme. It would never work out. But um, yeah, I, I highly recommend checking him out. And maybe we'll continue this little series together and we'll go through all of them. So technically we've already done three characters, but I guess maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do Osamu Dasa again with the flowers of buffoonery, being that's connected to no longer human. I still gotta do an episode on the setting sun. Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, next episode I'll make a list of all of the characters and what their powers are. We can read the books together and we'll have a little checklist. Like instead of the top 100 books you need to read before you die, we'll be like, we need to get through all these characters. But yeah, I think it's just a fun way to try to plan episodes and what to read. But that's all for this episode. And you have any recommendations please let me know i now have a link in my bio where you can recommend things it's a little google form it's anonymous so you can don't have to worry about like telling me who you are so please be nice <laughs> i guess if you're doing it and uh, you can say uh what you want me to read and i can look into it see if i can do that or work into the schedule or if i've already done that i can send you to the episode or some of my old episodes i don't really like so maybe uh, i'll redo and if you recommend something that's already been published. But until next time, this has been the Notes from the Library. Mm -hmm.